Hello, guys, and thank you for listening and watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living that life of freedom and that life of rest and expansion in Christ Jesus. I have a beautiful word from the Lord today that I'm excited to deliver, and I'm actually interested to see how the Holy Spirit is going to begin to unfold this word. I always have an idea, but I never can really anticipate what God is really going to do. So I pray for more revelation and wisdom as I release this word, that the yokes will be destroyed and burdens will be lifted, and that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened even the more. So let's get into it. So as you can see from the thumbnail, the title of this message is going to be, God Owns the Blueprint. He's the Manufacturer. I'm going to say that again. God Owns the Blueprint. What is the blueprint in this case? The blueprint is you, is the believer, is the person or the thing that was created by him. He owns the blueprint, not just to people, but he owns the blueprint to places. He owns the blueprint to things. And before we get into the word, let's look at the definition. Let's see how Webster defines these words, manufacturer and blueprints. Let's look at it. So if we look at the word manufacture, the way that the dictionary is going to reveal this to us is a manufacturer is a person or company that produces finished goods from the raw materials by using various tools, equipments, and processes, and then sells the goods to consumers, wholesalers, and distributors, retailers, or the other manufacturers for the production of more complex goods. How familiar does that sound with God being the manufacturer of our lives? He's being him being the creator that he will give us two parents and then they will produce and multiply, be fruitful and multiply. Isn't it amazing? God is amazing because if we look at that definition, we can see a direct correlation with creation and the creator. So let's look at the word now uh, blueprint. And that word is going to be defined, a blueprint is an architectural drawing on paper, a guide for making something. It's a design or a pattern that can be followed in the process of building. For example, a house is a blueprint, can also refer to a strategic plan for your life. And I always look at the Bible. When I think about blueprint, this is the blueprint for us to get back to heaven. This is the blueprint for us, the design, the manufacturer has given us. It's an open book test. It is the word of God. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Outside of him, nothing was created. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's look at Colossians. And the reason why I'm building on this is because from the Holy Spirit's perspective, He wants us to understand that this life that we live was not designed to be successful or even relevant without the blueprint, the Bible. So in Colossians 1, um, chapter 1, verses 16, it reads, For by him all things were created, and that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. Okay? So all things were created through him and for 
him. That is so important. Because if we know that we are a product of his creation, then we know that we were created for God. That is why without this blueprint, this Bible, which it, it's a, you know, you heard the same basic instructions before leaving our Bible. That's what the, you know, the, what the, the letters stand for. We know that if all things were created through him and for him, that we were created for God's personal pleasure. So in order to do this thing called life, in order to walk in the abundant life that God has came to give us, there is a set of instructions that was given before the foundations of the world because the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, which means Jesus is the word. You can't separate the word from the author. You can't separate them. Anytime you begin to separate the word and say, okay, the white man wrote the Bible, or are you saying that maybe uh, all the things in the Bible are not true? You just separated the creator from who he really is and who he is. This is simply, this Bible is simply just, if somebody wrote a book about Jesus' life or wrote a book about him, this would be it. Just like if somebody wrote a documentary on your life and you were still living, that would be the book. No matter what, if people believe the book or not, it would still be a book about your life. They can say, oh, that didn't really happen, but you wrote the book. So the reason why this is so important for us to understand about the God owning the blueprint, the blueprint, which is the Bible, uh, he's the manufacturer of us, the creation, is because sometimes we look at God as being all the way up there. And we're all the way down here. And there's kind of a disconnection. Um, my Bible says we have a living Savior. He walked the earth. He died. He rose again on the third day. He went, He's seated at the right hand of the Father. But in order to grasp a supernatural or an invisible God, because as you see in the book of Colossians 1, uh, chapter 1, verses 16 through 17, it says that he created, everything that he created are in heaven that are on the earth, visible and invisible. So he created angels, he created demons, he created everything that you see, every moving creature, every tick, every insect, he created it all. And the only reason why I'm trying to really convey this information is because sometimes there is a disconnect between God being in us, the Holy Spirit that lives in us, versus him being all the way up there somewhere. So once we begin to understand and really have a revelation of who God is, then we can stop hiding from him, right? We can start living our authentic life. We can stop believing that heaven is somewhere up there in the clouds, which it is, but God is also living in you. So let's talk about this blueprint. Let's talk about how God owns it all. See, the thing about this thing called life, unless you go back to the manufacturer, to uh, the original intent in which something was designed to do, this thing called life, you'll be all off track. You'll never make it back to heaven. So if we can get a, a direct connection with the creator, then we can get the real download and the real blueprint as to why we were created in the first place. The Bible says here that all things were created through him and for him. 
which means that if you try to do this thing called life outside of his original intention for what he created you to do, you're going to self-destruct. Have you ever noticed that when you read the instructions, when you open up a package, it always has the manufacturer's instructions. And sometimes as people, we like to go ahead and think we know everything. And we begin to try to put that thing together that we got in the mail without reading the instructions, only to have to go back after hour trying to put something together and get the instructions and read the instructions. It works the same way. God owns the blueprint. This Bible, it's the blueprint. And the reason why I'm saying this is because this life was not designed for you to operate as an individual, as a human being without doing it his way. It wasn't designed to operate outside of that. Now, you have a choice. You don't have to do it. You don't have to believe in him. You don't you have free will. That's what love gives you. Love gives love gives you a choice. What person will want to be with another person because they're made to be with another person, right? It makes sense. If you think about how it correlates even with regular relationships here on earth, we want people to be with us because they love us, because it's unconditional love, because they love us just because. We don't want to have to be with any strings attached. So what God did was he gave us a free will. But the flip side to that coin is he's the manufacturer of how this thing it's supposed to look how it's supposed to be done. You might say, well, if it's a free will, then why do we have the word of God? Because in every kingdom and in every uh, government, there are always um, instructions. There's always decrees. There's always, um, um, what is it called um, here in the United States? We all have rules and laws that are written by the government. Because we are from the kingdom of God and the government of God, this is going to be your constitution. That's the word I was looking for. The constitution is what we go by in the United States of America. This is the constitution for the kingdom of God. Every kingdom has a constitution. Every kingdom, every country. This is a direct replica of how it is in heaven. This is why you see such a similar uh, parallel pattern when you see earth and, and heaven is very similar. Why? Because it came from the creator. So a lot of things on earth, uh, mostly everything on earth, is duplicated in heaven, right? Well, I should say earth is duplicating heaven because heaven existed first. So I'm saying all of this to say, um, God has given me a prophetic word and also I'm going with the Logos and the prophetic word today. But I'm saying all of this to say that we need to get back to the original intention of why we were created. We need to understand that unless we do things God's way, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And you will always live a life in a destructive cycle or a holding pattern or in a way that seems like you're going against the grain. That, that, that things are always happening. I was watching a, a, a YouTube video yesterday and somebody was doing like um, uh, renovations on a house and they had just bought a new home. And it seemed like every video, there was always something happening to her deliveries for her furniture. It was something like they left the, the legs to the table and one delivery, they brought it um, three times this table to the house three times and it just couldn't be delivered for crazy reasons and then if and then it was other things that were delivered um 
um, things that she had ordered that was pushed back. And it was just a replica of horrible things that this dream house turned into a nightmare because nothing was on time. And if it came, they then drove it back to the warehouse. It was a weird thing happening um, on those videos. And I knew in the spiritual realm that there's something else going on with this house. There's something else going on with these people because it's, it, was, it was beyond a common thing because it seemed like everything that the person ordered, it seemed like something was happening with the delivery and it was weird and strange things. It wasn't just, it wasn't just oh, they forgot the legs to the table. They would literally pull up to the house and did not bring it in and pull off. It was so weird. And these are major stores like West Ham, um, major stores that you the order things from that I, be, being in interior decorating and designing, I understand that things do happen, but I have never seen anything like that. And as I began to watch those videos, I started to realize this is not a coincidence. She got some help. There is demonic interference in her deliveries and you might say well it's just the delivery but what we don't understand is people that the enemy involves himself in every open door that we have even if it's just to uh, harass you or to torment you even if it's just to annoy you you have no idea i remember getting a prophetic word years ago about um and they was asking me, you know, the prophets, do you have car trouble? And I was like, yeah, I was having car trouble. And she was like, oh, I seen in the spirit where the enemy came and took a part off your car. Now I'm saying, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because a lot of times when there are open doors in our, in our lives and open doors, demonic doors that we have opened ourselves up to, don't even realize it, totally ignorant of the fact that we have opened ourselves up to the enemy. And you might say, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because when you don't do life, you, when you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are ignorant, even if you have received him as your Lord and Savior, and you have no idea what's going on, and things are spiraling out of control, and there's destructive cycles that you'll find yourself in, or there's bad luck. I felt like it was a spirit of bad luck on her. A spirit of bad luck. That was a spirit. And so I'm saying this to say, when you don't understand the original intention for why you, why you was created, and you don't have a clue about this basic instruction before leaving the earth, this Bible, then the enemy can come in and wreak havoc in your life. And you think it's just a coincidence, or you think it's just something that happens. It happens to everybody. It's no big deal. But I'm here to tell you there are no co coincidences. I'm here to tell you that everything, there's a spirit behind it, whether good or bad. It's something happening behind the scenes. So today, the Holy Spirit wants me to bring your attention to the blueprint, this Bible, the original reason why you were created. That's huge because so many people are under torment. They are under so many different oppressing spirits. They have no idea that there's an enemy that hates them. He hates anything God created. So whether you believe in God or not believe in God or follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're still under attack. So my thing is, if that's the case, why not just fight and do things the way God wants us to do it? So God began to talk to me about this um, blueprint and he began to tell me how this life wasn't designed for us to make it back up to heaven without it. Well, you might say, well, why did he even let us come down here if he knew we weren't going to make it? Because it's about free will. We know that because a third of the angels fell from heaven. 
They have free will. There are no slaves in the kingdom of God. And I preached on this before through another type of video. There are no slaves in the kingdom of God. So as I began to look at the um, scriptures and God began to show me, um, you might say, okay, let me, let me keep moving. Okay, so God, this is what God was saying. He's Alpha Omega. He's the beginning and the end. This is what the Holy Spirit was telling me. He knows the end from the beginning of your life and every life that he has allowed to be created and every life that has entered the earth. The enemy doesn't have that much control over your life. Okay, this is what God is saying. The outcome of your life that um, comes from you. The outcome comes from you. So the, that choice is left up to you, God says. He will never have give someone that much control over your life. Never. So, okay, let me keep going. So the choice is left up to you to serve him, to follow him, to discover the basic instructions before leaving earth. It's your responsibility. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. So that means that even in your ignorance, you're still going to be dealt with. The word said perish because of lack of knowledge. It didn't say my people, whatever, for lack of knowledge. They said they perish for lack of knowledge. That means even in your ignorance, because the Bible says in, in Jeremiah, I believe it's 24 and 7, that I have given them a heart to know me. See, when the manufacturer created you, right? He put a blueprint, a design in you, a chip in you to know good, good from evil. From the beginning, kids know to uh, what's right and what's wrong. We are built like that. But deep down inside, the Holy Spirit has given us a heart to know Jesus. He's given it to us. You know, I can talk to many people. And when I start talking to people about has God ever said anything to you or or you just maybe assuming that people don't know God or they are different, you know, ethnicity, they are different race and all of this kind of stuff. And you, you would be surprised how many people would tell you, um, well, I had a dream once when I was a little girl or a little boy or God appeared to me or I saw an angel or I saw a demon or, or God gave me a dream. And then we as people, we tend to brush that off and keep it moving because we want our way. We like the flesh. We like the things of the world. Okay, so let me keep going. So he says, the enemy doesn't have control over the outcome of your life. That choice is left up to you. God would never give that somebody that much power over you like that. And you know how I know that? It's because there's a hell with people in it. There's no way in the world God would not invite you to come to him or not reach out to you in some shape or form and you just die and go to hell just like that. And you and get down there and say, well, Lord, I didn't even know you existed. No, 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 no. In some shape or form, in some area of your life, he has, he has extended himself to you in some shape or form. In some shape or form. God is of love. And, and, the, and, the, and the God that is of love would not do that. So, so when you begin to talk to people, and what I've learned is sometimes I used to, back in the day, assume that people just didn't know God or they didn't know. And then when you begin to ask people, they'll say, yeah, I, I remember uh, seeing an angel. I remember seeing a demon. But you will think because of their lifestyle that they never encountered God. So let me keep going. So over the outcome. So he would never give the enemy that much control. If God does not make you come to him or choose salvation... Why would he make anything else 
have more dominance over that decision. And that's the most important decision you will ever make in your life. If he doesn't make you choose salvation, he's not going to give anything else that type of dominance over you. So the choice is always yours, be it right or wrong, if you go to the right or to the left. Okay? So he only protests the law. Okay, so this is what he was saying to me. He said, the enemy doesn't have control over the outcome of your life. The choice is left up to you. He only protests the laws or God's commands that you have broken. He's a legalist. So what he does, he's the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says he goes to and forth in heaven day and night accusing the saints. So this book right here, when we do things outside of this book, this is why Jesus had to come. This is why the blood of Jesus speaks for us because we couldn't do it on our own. So if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if you don't understand how the legality of this thing work and his commands work, the enemy uses that against you to, get, to gain access to your life. This is why you plead the blood and this is why you repent. And this is why we receive the blood of Jesus and understand that it's because of the blood of Jesus that we're able to be set free. Not because we can do things on our own and not because we can earn anything. I know people be thinking that sometimes I, that's not what I mean. But I mean in ignorance, we perish for lack of knowledge. We perish for lack of knowledge. That's the operative word, perish. So... There are many people that have done the most grotesque things from worshiping Satanists, murderers, witchcraft, um, torturing people, double, double murders, and so on and so forth, and have now been forgiven and is now in the family of God and living, in him, living for him wholeheartedly. Satan never knew their outcome. So why is this even relevant? Because God wants you to know that decisions that the decisions to come to him is yours. It's in your hands. It's your choice. So sometimes the Holy Spirit says God's word and will will sometimes be done, but his way of doing something will be left out. And that's where the problem comes in. We see this in the, in the Bible time and time again. We see this in the book of Numbers. If we look at the, the book of Numbers, we'll see this with Moses. The, okay, Moses had the word of God. He knew the will of God, but the way of God, he did not pursue. We see this. It says in verse 7, Numbers 20, verse 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes. Speak to the rock, right? And it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water from them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. Verse 10, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, here now, you rebels, we, must we bring water to you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and, and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. What went wrong here? We know that God told Moses to speak to the rock. See, the first time he got water out of the rock, he told Moses to strike the rock. The second time, he told him to speak to it. But instead of that, not only did Moses call the people out of their names. How many leaders have you seen do this? Talk down to the people of God. He, the delivery was off and the disobedience in him having the word of God, 
having the will of God for the people. The will of God was to give them water. The word of God was God spoke directly to Moses and told him what to do. But the way in which he told him to do it, he disobeyed. So you can have the word of God, the will of God, and not do it in the way God wants you to do it. And as a result, we know the story. He never entered the promised land because of his disobedience to God. Even though Moses was God's guy, God did not allow him to get away with that. So he never entered the promised land. Him and Aaron never entered as a result of that. So we see that you can have the word and the will and the will but don't do it the way God has told you to do it. We see this time and time again, even with King Saul, he did the same thing. God told him to kill the um, Amalekites and he killed some of them and left one and he just didn't complete the assignment and he plundered and God told him don't take anything from their camp and he took some stuff from them talking about he was gonna do us, the animals, talking about he was gonna do a sacrifice to God. But we know he disobeyed God because a little leaven spoils the whole lump. And the Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, okay? So God is saying that he is the manufacturer. Things have to be done the way he said to do it. So a good example would be God could tell you to sow into a ministry, but because you feel the pressure from the people, um, God, you, you give it to someone else instead of who God told you to give it to, right? And as a result, you disobey God, even though you still gave, Gave, giving is a great thing, but you didn't do it the way God told you to do it. This is vitally important as we go into the season of abundance, guys. So the Bible says, I mean, the Bible says, God says the blueprint. Well, I guess he is the word, right? The blueprint is the Bible. You were not designed to do life without it, he said. Those that operate outside of the word or blueprint of God will not make it back to heaven. You don't receive Jesus Christ, that's in the blueprint, right? As your Lord and Savior, you're not going that way. And the reason why I'm coming so blunt is because sometimes we need to hear things for what it is and not for what we want it to be, right? We don't want anything to tickle our ears, but we want the unadulterated word of God because that's what's going to ultimately help us. That's what's going to bring us to repentance. That's what's going to bring us freshness and anointing and remove the scales from our eyes. Uh, he said, love gives you a choice, but also love sticks to his word and he cannot go outside of his original intention of the blueprint. So when the king issues a decree, it cannot be overturned. We see this in the book of Daniel. What is the decree of God? It's the word of God. It's the blueprint. So this is why Daniel got thrown into the lion's den because the king had issued a decree, right? That he was not to pray to another God and Daniel still prayed to God. He didn't bow to the enemy. So what ended up happening was the king really liked Daniel. And so when the king came to the door, he said, Daniel, did your God save you or whatever? He was like, yeah, he shut the mouth. He sent an angel of the Lord to shut the mouth of the lion. So basically, when the king issues a decree, it cannot be overturned. And this is where the lines get blurred with the saints of God or with the people of God that are in sin or the people that don't know God. They think that because they are good people and because they do good deeds, that if they still don't accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they can going to Jesus and still get to heaven. 
is so far from the truth because the blueprint says that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So when the king issues a decree, it cannot be overturned. So the Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word stands forever. Meaning when God issues a decree, it can be overturned no matter how much he loves you. You have to abide in him. Let me look, let me, let me show you what he's saying. In John, uh, John chapter 15, verse seven, it says, if you abide in me and my words, the decree abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. We often miss, miss the if and the thens in the Bible. And this is what I was just, just uh, kind of speaking on on the last sermon when I talk about can you lose your salvation. We remove all of that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven. Repent, you know, repent for your sins. Then I will hear from heaven and heal the land. We miss that whole part. We only hear heal the land. And like in this scripture, it says, if you abide in me, if you abide in me, if, and my words abide in you. That means something has to take place and root in you. Then you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So the Lord gives us a choice. And so he sticks to his word and he cannot go outside of the original intention of the blueprint. And a lot of times as people, we are deceived. The Bible causes deception. If we think that God is going to overturn his word because he loves us, love gives us a choice. Mercy says, come back to him. So, he was saying, you determine your own outcome, but God already knows your outcome. He saw the end from the beginning. So even though God knows the outcome, he still allows you to be free. And I did a teaching on the power of free will. That's powerful sermon, the power of free will. And, and what we need to realize is him being the manufacturer and giving us the blueprint to this thing called life. We have to abide in it. Abide. That means consistently, continually. See, these words are strategic. God is very, he's a master craftsman. He has manifold wisdom. He knows what he's saying and what he's doing. You can't change one word because then sometimes you'll change the entire verse. So he said, if you abide. He didn't say, if you just confess me as your Lord and Savior, then I will save you. But he wants you to abide under the shadow of the Almighty, according to Psalms 91. He that dwells, what it means to dwell in a secret place, to be consistent, to dwell consistently in that secret place, in fellowship, in sweet communion with him, in prayer with him. Okay? He's a real living spirit. He's a living, he's not a dead God. He wants the fellowship and the communication and the sincerity of your heart. Because think about it. If he's the manufacturer of this creation of us, human beings, then that means he knows everything about us. He knows our thoughts. He knows even the intent of our heart. He knows everything about us. Nothing is beyond his um, sight. Everything. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to our cries for help. He knows everything. This is why it is so important to be authentic with God. If you're struggling, it's okay. He said, lay aside every weight that so easily besets you. He knows the end from the beginning. 
So, in order for us to make it back to heaven, these are the things that God wants us to know. He wants us to know he's the manufacturer. He's the creator. He has the blueprint. He has the answers. We have to do it the way he wants to do it. And you might say, why? Because he's the creator. We don't get to tell him what to do. So you just thank God we was created, right? Because we don't even have to be created. We didn't even have to come here. We didn't have to be here, but he has blessed us to be here. And he has trusted us to do this thing. And um, because of his love and his compassion and because of the blood that was shed for us, he already came down here and proved his love. He's already died for us. He's already took our healings and our infirmities. And he's already taken all of the things that we don't have to put up with. The Bible says, lay everything at his feet. So we have to know that there's a manufacturer, there's a creator that loves us immensely. There's a creator that died for us. There's a God in heaven that reveals secrets. There's a God in heaven that desires intimacy with you. There's a God, think about it as a parent. As a parent, when you have a child, how much you love that child. Think about how you instilling them the values and how you teach them the values, you know, in this thing called life and how you raise them up with the best to the best of your ability only for them. Think about it to get become an adult and to give the credit to someone else that that had nothing to do with their success or just turn away from them and go off and do your own thing and not even acknowledge them that they even exist. Think about that. But they are the parents. That's the same way God feels. He wants his family back. If you have strayed away, if you have turned your head, if you are on another path, God says today is the day of salvation. No, there is no sin that is too horrible or too ugly that he will not accept you back into the arms of the beloved. He is a compassionate God that loves us immensely. And he wants us to do it his way. He wants us to follow this blueprint. He wants us to, to go back to the original uh, intention of why we were created. This is the original intention of why you were created for his personal pleasure, not to uh, glorify the enemy, not to live for the world, not to do things the total opposite of what he's telling us to do. And we can't do this thing without him. But all he's looking for today is a yes. That's all he's looking for. When you say yes, then he comes in and he comes in and he begins to change you little by little and work with you. He knows you're not perfect. If you were perfect, then Jesus, Jesus wouldn't have came. He knows that. So don't think you're ever too far gone. I don't care what it is. I don't care what people have said. I don't care how, what label people have put on you. It is never too late. God is standing with his arms open wide. He is saying, come. All to him who are weary and heavy laden, and he will give you rest. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He wants to lift every burden. He wants to bind the oppressor. But guess what? The oppressor is a legalist. He's going to say, oh, no, that person is still fornicating. That person is still addicted to drugs. That person is still eating from our table. We have a legal right to come in and wreak havoc in the house. They're still burning sage. They're still worshiping horoscopes. They're still um, fighting and bickering and gossiping and slandering. They are still living a double life. We have the legal right according to your word that you wrote. 
So guess what? The king has issued a decree and it cannot be overturned no matter how much he loves you. He loves you, but this word will stand forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word stands forever. So we need to get back to the creator, the only creator, the spirit of truth, the lover of your soul, your eternal life hangs in the balance. If you don't know Jesus, if you do know Jesus, understand and know that God wants us to understand apart from this word, you can do nothing. He said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you. So if we have gotten off track, God wants to bring us back to our first love, get back to the basics. You know, I, and it's so sad because I see a lot of YouTubers griping, they're bickering, they're against each other, they they got things going on, but God is looking for mercy, not sacrifice. I know you sacrifice and you preach all over the world, and I know, but he's looking for mercy. The Bible says all the paths of God are mercy and truth. He's looking for us to give up our right to be right and sometimes just take the low and humble position and love our neighbor as ourself. We're not saying that we're going to be a doormat. We're not saying that we're going to let people use us. That's not what I'm saying, but sometimes you you just have to let people do their thing and take the take the prayers back to the throne of God and leave it there. Don't let the offense come in. Don't let the unforgiveness come in. Don't let the foolery come in. The enemy is using believers against each other in this hour. And it's really sad because the Bible says that with loving kindness, do he draw thee? God draws us with loving kindness. I see jealousy. I see people, you know, posting videos and they're mad because this person might have 3,000 followers and they only have 1,000 followers and they're mad because people are speaking on the, the wealth transfer. And I see the spirit of jealousy even in amongst the, the believers. And, you know, it's so sad that you go as far as to make a video about that. That is crazy to me. So what if the person, you don't believe that they are hearing from God? Okay, did God tell you to do the video? Or are you doing the video because this person has, has come and caught up and gained a following, you know, and passed you up? You know, you have to be very careful about when you begin to expose people because God's, God, the first camera he's going to put on people is, is the camera on themselves, what is the root root and the meaning of why we do what we do? We have to go back to the inward parts. God desires truth in our inward parts. I'm going to go so far as to make a video about somebody. Unless God tell me to do that, I will do it. Don't get me wrong. But it's going to be with loving kindness, not to expose them. Because there should be fruits that come from anything God tell you to do. There should be fruit from that. There should be a compassion and a love for people. So, and I'm not saying that I've always gotten that part right, but I'm saying to you is when we go back to the original reason why we were created, we go back and say, hey, Lord, if you don't help me forgive this person, I can't forgive them. If you don't help me love them, I can't love them. If you don't help me live for you, I can't live for you. This is how, you, how it's done. It's not about being good. It's not about behavior modification. Behavior modification will never take the place of deliverance, baby. You can modify your behavior and pretend to have a form of godliness, but the power thereof to change your heart and to help you to fall in love with Jesus and fall in love with people is missing. So that is the word for today, guys. 
I pray that you've been blessed. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. And remember the original intention for why you were created. God created you for his personal pleasure, not to glorify the enemy, not to um, to bring other people down, not to slander and gossip and tear other people down and, and to do all these crazy things. It's the gift of God, okay, that leads people to repentance. Not... I'm sorry, the gift goodness of God that leads people to repentance, not exposing them and, and showing shaming on them, making them feel shame, making them feel horrible about what they did or what they didn't do or what you think you see. Because if the truth be told, if we put the camera on all of us, we all got flaws. We all got something wrong with us. Nobody is perfect but Jesus. So he desires truth in our inward parts and all of the paths of God are mercy and truth. And until the next time, guys, I will see you in the next video. Bye, loves.